Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to 30 Random Footballing Questions. The pod that takes a deep dive into the sporting soul of a 93-20 contributor and finds out what gets them off their seats. Next up on our interrogation rack, entirely of his own volition, we have Ben McKean. A lifelong match-going blue, a devoted family man, but what team makes his skin itch? And which city transfer still leaves him wondering, what if? Let's find out. Hi Ben, you there? Hi Steve, yeah, I'm uh, I'm here, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How's yourself? Yeah, all good, thank you. Looking forward to this. Well, I, I, I think this is the second or maybe the third football in one we've done. And as with the previous times, I should say right from the top, whereas with the 30 random questions... That the the the, you know, the guest, as it were, didn't know what was what was coming their way. We we had to send you the questions first for you to kind of you know kind of formulate some kind of answers. So, just as an overview, as an overall, what did you think of the questions? Were they kind of did did they reveal any interesting answers to yourself? Yeah, I think there's certainly some that I had to sort of go to the back of my mind to to think yes. of. There was, yeah. There's also a couple which I was just thinking, I really don't know what to say for that, and I sort of I've landed landed on a couple of answers, and we'll probably ramble on about why I got there. But uh, but yeah, some some tricky ones in there as well, certain some thought provoking ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm going to take this in the next international break, and and possibly Howard hosting, and um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it because they are quite tricky when it comes to life. You know, there's so many things you can pluck from, isn't there? But when it comes to, to kind of city and football, it's so specific. Um, yeah, it, some of them are, are difficult and, and apologies in advance. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I said at the top an interrogation rack. <laughs> um, right, let's get started. Um, ben, when is your earliest non-City footballing memory? So, apologies for, for kicking off on a bit of a sombre note on this one. Hopefully it'll get a little bit more light-hearted. But I mm. think the first, I've got a couple of sort of first footballing memories. And the first one... Was probably Hillsborough. To oh, be honest. really? So how old were uh, you in '89? So I would have been six when right, that was okay. on, okay. and I don't remember anything about the football. All I remember from the day uh, is basically literally the, the TV being on and it basically being a you know almost like a full day's news cycle of it just being on in terms of I think you know what probably happened at the time. Obviously, I can't remember this being as young as I was. But what probably happened at the time is it probably cut to the game. Uh, and then you know there's lots. I remember seeing the pictures of you know, for example, the fans being carried on the the advertising hoardings, um, and I just remember obviously it just being something awful has happened. Um, so yeah, so as I say, kick, kick it off on a sunboard. So that was the first one, mm. and then probably the second one, also on a bit of a sad note, was probably um, but not as sad was the um, was the 1990 World Cup with. Um, with, with with England going out and particularly with Gaza and I remember again I'd have been so this is sort of a year obviously a year later I'd have been seven years old and I remember you know Gaza crying essentially and I remember crying at the same time watching Gaza I didn't really understand why he was crying or why I was crying <laughs> but knew that you know essentially there'd been some some hardship there and all we've been we've been hard done to um, so I think those are the first sort of footballer memories as I say that not necessarily like something that happened in a match or anything but certainly like events that sort of stick out in my, in my mind really going back to the kind of Hillsborough memory did you get a sense from parents or kind of you know relatives around you you know did, did you take your cue from them that oh shit this is bad 
Yeah, I think I can just picture essentially the whole family sat around, yeah, yeah, glued to the TV, yeah. um, and you know, trying to probably explain it to me. Look at you know, something awful's happened. Look at all these poor people. Um, but then I don't think I remember probably a year or two later, for example, being at school. I remember one of the teachers who her son was at Hillsborough, survived luckily, but I remember you know her talking about it and it was probably only then that it hit home what actually happened mm. and, and things like that. But yeah, it was more of something which was hugely significant, but probably didn't get why, really. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of examples for myself, but I definitely know there's been two or three instances in my childhood where I wouldn't really have kind of, you know, understood that something huge was going on, but the, the reaction of my parents told me everything I needed to know and yeah. um, particularly if, if, if you're age six and um, what do you remember about your first City game that you attended? So pretty a bit crappy really I can't actually remember a specific game um, I was looking over in preparation for this I was looking over the the excellent Stat City website just yes. trying to trying to trigger my memory really and I, I think it would have been around the sort of 92, 93 season. Looking at those lineups, those are the sort of ones that that ring a bell, really. Um, so, as I say, I can't specifically remember a particular game or result, but I certainly remember going to games during that season. Um, and I sort of remember our routine and, and what we used to do. And we used to I remember we used to park off uh, just off Lloyd Street um, near Main Road. <laughs> yeah. And I remember. Uh, there was a chippy, like the Lloyd Street chippy that we go to, <laughs> and they used to um, they used to serve like the darkest, blackest gravy on the chips and gravy that I'd ever seen. Um, so those those sort of things stick out really. And I remember we used to most the early we, when we had a season ticket a bit later, we we were in the north stand. But early when we used to get our, the odd ticket, we used to usually sit in the main stand. And I remember. Probably not that season. It was probably the season or two later. But sometimes it used to get pretty feisty around. Obviously, the director's box when um, when yes. Swales was there, uh, and also I, I remember one particular huge kickoff with with City fans in the press box. So do you remember? I don't know if you remember the writer. Is it Paul Hints? Yes, who wrote yeah. for the MEN. Yes, uh, and I think yeah, he had written something that some fans disagreed with, and the parent, they were just trying to lynch him basically in the in the press box and. Me as a youngster, it was all pretty intimidating and scary, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, those are my sort of, as I say, that's probably several games or maybe even a year or something all sort of jumbled into one, really. But that's what I can remember. That's, I think, I'm sure that's the case for uh, almost everyone. It's certainly the case with me. Um, I have false memories, really, of, of my first game. The first game was at Wrexham, um, but the first game at City as well. Um, I, I remember the results and, and who we played. But then when I look back, it was two years later than what I thought it was. It's like, that can't be right. So, that obviously, there was games before then. So, yeah, but it doesn't help that my memory is absolutely shite. <laughs> um, do you have a second team? I don't I don't think I have. Um, I remember, like, at school, there's particularly there's one, um, my sort of best mate growing up and his brother, and they were, their grandparents, I think, were Scottish, and I remember they were huge, huge Rangers fans. Right, uh, had the kits, and I, I never really got it. I think the closest that I sort of ever got to having a second team was probably at the time um, watching the Italian football on Channel Four, mm. uh, and I used to really like that Milan team in the sort of mid nineties yeah. or early nineties. You know, with the Baresi and Costa Curta and Maldini and stuff. 
Um, so I think that is probably the team that I favoured in, in terms of on, you know, I remember there used to be, I don't know if you remember, but with the early days of uh, a championship manager, it didn't have all of the countries. So they, they brought out an Italian edition. Right. Um, I, I remember on that one, I was like always had like, you know, a 20 season long game with, with Milan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'd probably say them, but, you know, equally, I wouldn't necessarily say now I, I look up their results or anything. I don't really, I sort of feel I'm so invested in City and, you know, really don't like many other clubs, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I'd probably, probably say I haven't, I haven't got somebody that I look up for results for. Who was your favourite player when you were little? It's probably, I'd probably say the first sort of, uh, era might be a strong word, but the first sort of player that I most admired, particularly at City, was, was probably Uwe Rosler. Right. Um, yeah. I just liked that. At the time, I guess he was. I know we've talked. It's been talked about a lot on this podcast in terms of you know, we obviously didn't have the YouTube clips and stuff. So it was somebody completely plucked out of nowhere. Uh, I think once you learned a bit more about him, he was a bit of an underdog, really. Um, worked his arse off. Good player, and I think my the time that I sort of fell in love with City was probably in that Brian Horton team. You know, when they had. Two two out and out wingers and Rosler and Walsh and Quinn up front and stuff. Um, I really I really liked them uh, and I think I remember one summer going away. I I got my sister to um, to get some sunblock and write the twenty eight Rosler <laughs> into my back so so I'd have it for the whole of the holiday in uh, in bright white. So so yeah. So probably probably say it was him. Do you follow Brian Horton on Twitter? I do, yeah. Yeah, he's a lovely fellow, isn't he? Really nice. Dad's yeah, worth. we. Um, I actually went on uh, a tour, like the the stadium tour. I think it was about. I think it was a couple of seasons ago, and he, he they must have it was a special one off, and he he did it. He took right. the tour, so I've got got a chance to ask him ask him some questions, and he, he was obviously pushing his book at, at the time, and I've, I've read <laughs> read his book. I've read his book as well, but yeah, there's there's loads of loads of stories. Yeah, uh, which are really good, but yeah, he's a great guy. Are there any players from that era? Um, that you think would have especially thrived from being coached by Pep? I think probably uh, one that sticks out for me is, is Keith Curl. Oh, um, shout, yeah, yeah. Just because I think he was he was so good on the ball. And I, I think looking back, there wasn't many defenders that were good on the ball. Most of them were like tough, you know, hard players. And Keith Curl was a tough player. There was, I remember lots of times him getting into scraps and he was really good at winding people up. I remember him particularly winding up um, Espria once against Newcastle. That was a brilliant game. Um, and yeah, but I just think he was he was really good with the ball. He was quick. He was a stylish footballer, um, you know, not not uh, not too different from from John Stones and that sort of player, really. Um, so I, I'd say him. Um, and then I think maybe if it was like a midfielder, and my memory of this place probably in his sort of second coming, but it would be somebody like Ian Bishop that... Just basically, oh, he'd keep this. the ball. He'd keep the ball all day, and, and Pep would Pep would love that. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved watching him. I, I loved just the the floated balls out wide that he did. It's um, yeah, I could watch him all day. Who is a player from Liverpool, United, or Arsenal that you don't really care plays for for that particular club? You just love watching them play. I think I probably don't love watching. Uh, his player play, but I think I think he's he's sort of on the wane a little bit now. But I think the first time I saw 
um, Van Dyke live for Liverpool. Mm. Uh, I remember just thinking he was absolutely massive. It almost looked like with his name on his shirt, he was like wearing a child's shirt across his back because he was yeah. so huge. Uh, and then obviously with that, just stylish on the ball, comfortable on the ball, made made defending look easy. Um, but I think, yeah, as I say, I don't necessarily enjoy him. I think I could admire him. I think it's similar with, with Salah. You know, I think Salah's a, an excellent player that I could admire um, but but you know there's there's also lots of things about Salah's game that I don't really like as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably say those two. Maybe maybe if it was more like obviously when he plays for England, I think Saka's really good. I think he yeah. you know, plays really well for England as well. So, so yeah. yeah, I'd probably say those two. I remember Van Dijk at Southampton um, at the Etihad just having I think it was three really good chances he had in one game from corners, and yeah, no, there's no City player could get near him at set pieces. Uh, I remember saying we should sign him up. What a player he is! But <laughs> not that he was—he was obscure. It wasn't like I was <laughs> kind of scouting yeah. him or anything. But still, I, I wanted him at City. I really did. What is um, a cherished City result or a moment that kind of means a lot to you and may not mean a lot, great deal to the rest of us? So I don't think it necessarily means a lot to me now. But I remember it on the day that it happened. It it meant a lot. Um, so it was. In 1997, um, Frank Clark was the manager. Mm. Uh, we were in the first division and we actually went down that season. But I remember we absolutely pumped Swindon 6 0 yeah. at home. Uh, and it was it was basically the first time that I'd seen us absolutely wallop somebody recently. <laughs> um, and I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. I think um, King Cladsey was in the team and he scored and Dickoff got a couple. But I think, like as I say, it was the first time we'd absolutely tore somebody apart. We'd spent a couple of seasons flirting with relegation from the Premier League and, and obviously ultimately gone down. But this was like the start of, um, I think it was the, I think it was the second season that we were in the the sort of what is now the Championship, but expected us to go up. And it was early on in the season, and it just, as I say, I, just, I couldn't believe that we had actually managed to beat someone by that much in such a convincing win. Yeah. Um, which city signing down the years ultimately disappointed you the most? Um, so the answer to this one is Robbie Fowler. Okay. Um, and I think part of it is because um, I've read his book and there's basically a chapter about him going to City uh, and he, he the first sentence is essentially, I was driving to sign the contract and I knew it was a terrible decision. Right. And I just felt you could tell that throughout his whole time. Yes, you could. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he came from from Leeds and, you know, he obviously hadn't come straight from Liverpool. But I think it sort of felt like, you know, here's a player that, you know, has been a great goal scorer all of his career. career. Hopefully he can kick on with us. But he just, he didn't look arsed. And, I, you know, I'm, I think I've always had the, you know, thought that, Somebody, as long as somebody's trying, you know, you might have players that are out of form and stuff, but he never looked like he was trying. He was overweight, unfit for most of it. He, he'd get loads of injuries all the time because he clearly wasn't on it. And again, I think we learned afterwards that he was quite a big part of that sort of drinking culture at the club. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I think disappointed in how it could have turned out, but because he basically couldn't be bothered, there was no chance of it ever going well. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, 
Go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.